Before we start the show today, I want to say thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring Locked On and Locked On Wild. Uh, check them out. Go to BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first order at Built Bar. BuiltBar.com and there's 16 amazing flavors all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, gooey, and easy to chew. That's BuiltBar.com. $10 off. Use the promo code Locked On. Let's start the show. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Booley, and with me is Tony Abbott, and we are on ZoneCoverage.com. Tony, how you doing today? I'm doing all right, Joe. I, uh, I've just been uh, going through the franchise m- mode of Super Mega Baseball 3. Uh, mm. I, I have been, uh, I've been taking my grief of there being no baseball to be played and I am channeling that into uh, becoming incredibly dedicated to the craft of being good at uh, Super Mega Baseball 3 right now. Is that a console game or is that like a uh, like a tap mobile tap? It is baseball? a console game. You can also get it on PC. Um, I feel so. really old asking you questions of current games that I should probably know about that I don't. Uh, no, I don't know how well known it is. It's made by like an indie Canadian developer. Um, it's a it's a simulation game, like very much in line with uh, with the sh- uh, with the show. I think uh, I don't know how deep the show is or isn't anymore. I haven't played the show since like two thousand seven. Um, but uh, Super Mega Baseball is uh, is uh, maybe not quite as deep as is the show. But it's really uh, easy to pick up and play. Uh, they uh, mm-hmm. they have a really cool feature where they uh, they have um, basically ninety nine different difficulty settings. You can set okay. your uh, your settings from uh, from one through ninety nine, and the game will scale up or down in difficulty based on that, uh, based on what number you're you're choosing. So I'm trying to work my way to get up to where I was in the old Super Mega Baseball game, <laughs> and I'm getting my ass kicked in uh whenever i get uh too close to where i was at in in the second sure. in the series but uh sure i'm having a lot of fun with uh uh they don't use mlb teams either they uh they oh yeah they have uh KBO? <laughs> no 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 KBO either um they uh they have like uh some some pretty fun like logos there's a there's a team called the blowfish uh there's the wild pigs um I'm trying to think of other team names that I really like. There's the hot corners and the logo is, uh, is a corn cob holding a baseball bat. It's <laughs> that is awesome. Um, that is cool. The, uh, the team that I'm playing with right now are the, uh, are the sirloins and, uh, and I like their logo a lot. It's uh it's uh it's an angry piece of steak that I am pretty sure is also holding a baseball bat. Uh, I, I I'm trying to uh, with a night helmet. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. The hot corners. Yeah, I no, I, I really like that. Team wouldn't, wouldn't it wouldn't it pop into like a? No, that's popcorn. Uh, but uh, 
just while you're looking that up, have you, I know ESPN has been airing it like super early in the morning, uh, KBO games. Have you watched any uh, KBO since it was, you know, really kind of the only baseball we're getting right now? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Uh, super mega baseball has been, uh, has been enough to, uh, to fill that sure. void for me. Uh, you, you weren't really into like the EA NHL games though, were you? Um, not really. Um, I, I think the, the last one that I played regularly was probably like, Oh, four. Oh, four was a BA. long time ago, man. Yeah. That game was BA. Although the wild players that we got after the first season was like Kyle Wanvig. Ugh. <laughs> I, I think EA peaked in the nineties with their hockey offerings. Uh, I'm an NHL hits guy myself. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Um, do you care about like player ratings at all? Um, I do I, if I, I care really about the don't. sport. Like, and, and not like, not that like I'll complain about it, but yeah, like I, I look at the player ratings and stuff like that. Like I want to see, you know, I want to see where they put Kevin Fiala next year. Like that, mm-hmm. that does interest me just uh, less so because like I care about like the game and more so it's like, okay, like I, I, I don't think like, you know, the people doing it, are like you know they're they're not like evolving wild or michael right. mccurdy in right. terms of like deep diving onto the players so it, it's a, it's a good snapshot i think in which like an informed but not hardcore uh set of hockey fans think uh think players are at i think that that's yeah. interesting uh I think our friends Giles and the goalie, they, they've been doing some Sims and they've basically done a creative player for Kirill Kaprasov. And I think they put him at like a 87 overall or something like that. Now, I don't know about 87, especially at his first year, but I'm just curious. Do you, where would you think, uh, let's say next year's game with Kirill Kaprasov, say he's signed, sealed and delivered. And, uh, and he's on the team and on the roster, and uh, EA has to put in a, a player for him. Where do you think his level would be at? Uh, so there aren't like 99s really in EA games, at no. least as far as I know. In ter- at least in terms of, uh, I know in Madden they'll do 99s and stuff like that, and it's kind of a big deal when uh, when however many players uh, hit 99. But in hockey, like I think the highest that you get, um, like maybe like Sydney, maybe Connor McDavid's a little higher than that, but like 93 kind of seems to be where everyone 92, 93. Out. Um, so I, I, I'm going to guess that, uh, I'm going to guess that Kaprizov starts at 82 or 83, but, uh, th- I think that that number has a chance to go up in a hurry because they're, uh, they're pretty quick with the updates. Yeah, they do a pretty decent job. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and I was just curious if 87 was, was fair or maybe just, it was more of a projection of our, our hopes and prayers on, uh, on Kaprizov with the wild. I think uh, 87 is kind of a lot to uh, to ask for, like uh, a player right away, right away. Uh, so I, I think that uh, I think that you know, uh, 82 or 83 is probably more realistic for him to start. Okay. Uh, that sirloin is holding a baseball bat, by the way. That's cool, and not a meat cleaver, <laughs> which would be weird. Uh, all right, Tony. Uh, I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of a what if on uh, on Brent Burns and the Brent Burns trade, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think I teased that last uh, uh, the 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 last couple episodes that we did, and uh, 
and uh, I, I think now's the time to just like finally get into it. Yeah, we'll finally pay that off. Awesome. All right, but before we get into our break, I do want to talk to you about Built Bar. Uh, They've been our partner now for about a month here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you know what? Uh, they're great. They come in handy because I'll tell you what, I just got in from mowing the lawn, and uh, all my steps that I did out there mowing the lawn aren't wasted because, you know what, it's after dinner too, and it's dessert time, and I got a bit of a sweet tooth. So instead, I go to Built Bar, and uh, Built Bar has got some amazing flavors like German chocolate cake or peanut butter brownie or uh, or mint brownie delight. All of the flavors that you want that can satisfy your sweet tooth, but you know what? I don't have to feel guilty. They're full of protein they're full of fiber and they're not loaded with the sugar and the carbs and the and all the fat that you get from other desserts and uh you know what you can feel some solace into in eating something that's healthy and good for you so i encourage you to go to builtbar.com check out the different flavors order a box and uh, if when you go to checkout use that promo code locked on and you can get ten dollars off of your first order at builtbar.com that's builtbar and builtbar.com and we're back here on Lockdown While it's Joe and Tony. Uh, Tony, we wanted to relitigate the Brent Burns ish trade as well as like what if he was still on the wild? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about what ifs uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I think the networks kind of talked about it. And I think other podcasts have talked about it, too. Just like if you could go back and, and change something in, in the franchise, what would you pick? And a lot of people are like, yeah, I, I would have Brent Burns still be on the Minnesota Wild. Mm-hmm. I I have a hard time thinking that he would have lasted long. I mean, his contract was up. He was really the wild's only real trade chip. I felt like he was like trading him was at that time, the smart thing to do. Yeah. Like, uh, he, you know, he ended up signing a, a deal in San Jose, uh, five years, $28 million, which it was, uh, you know, sizable for a, a defenseman in that day, like a, a cap hit of uh, 5.76 mm-hmm. million. That's, you know, that's not nothing, but right. at the same time, uh, it was, it was made very clear by, uh, by Russo and other reporters at the time. I think that uh, he would not have signed that cheaply had he stayed in Minnesota. He was looking no. for a premium, premium price to stick around if he was going to stay in Minnesota. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think like, okay, if he still is on this, on the team, I don't think that they get a decent pick in any of the picks or any of the draft. I mean, they might have some higher draft picks, but I mean, we're, we're talking about the entire 2000s decade. Um, no breezy suitor, I don't think. And um, I do think that uh, we're, we're looking at um, the wild, maybe just now in the last couple of years coming out of it rather than um, than necessarily a, a rebuild that would have been as quick as it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that. And at the same time, you know, um, Parise and Suter might not have stayed there, but like if, if Parise and Suter don't arrive, uh, you still have uh, you still have Jared Spurgeon coming up. You still have that uh, that quartet of young players. Oh, no, you don't because you don't have coil. Um, no, you don't. But you have Zucker and Granlin coming up. Uh, you know, you, you I, could still swing and trade for Nino Niederreiter. Yeah, I, I think that that uh, comes up, and I, and I don't know how essential Charlie Coyle was to that. I mean, sure, like he provided the depth there, but uh, maybe they uh, maybe they develop differently if uh, Parise and Suter come there. But uh, no, uh, I, I I don't think there would have been the room for uh, 
for Suter to come in, especially if uh, Brent Burns mm-hmm. was looking to make, you know, Parise Suter money, which he very might have might have very well gotten. He might have gotten a uh, seven point five million per year deal in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, certainly higher than six, and and probably seven at least. And you, here you are playing a uh, pay, paying a player that is kind of making a bunch of money during your you're still kind of rebuilding at that time too. So does it, does it even make sense to make that move and resign them at that point where the wild were coming out of what really was a brutal couple of years? Was it uh was it the 11 draft that that was tr- that he was traded yep, at the 2011 draft. So they picked, uh, I'm pretty sure they picked Jonas Brodeen first, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they swung that trade for, uh, for, for Burns. Uh, and they yeah. got, uh, they got, Devin Setaguchi, they got Charlie yep. Coyle, and they got the 28th overall pick. It, it might have been 29th, um, which they uh, which they then spent on Zach Phillips, who, uh, if you never heard of that name, that is because uh, he he was a bust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, the guy couldn't skate. No, he could not skate. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that was that was his downfall, definitely, and uh, certainly something that I think. You the wild, I think in uh, years after that, they that's what they looked for was uh, kids uh, around that age group that actually had a good strong skating ability. If you looked at some of the the uh, the the subsequent Fletcher drafts, they were definitely going for kind of an archetype because they got burned on that Zach Phillips trade. Mm-hmm. But it only took them a couple of years to uh, to go up or not even a couple of years uh the the next summer was the summer that they went out and they got Ryan Suter so uh it, mm-hmm. it makes as much sense for them to sign Brent Burns at that time uh as it does for them to go out and get Ryan Suter the next year or, or at least a, a fairly comparable amount of sense but uh, i i guess uh, i guess that's what i'll ask you next Joe. like who would you rather have? Would you rather have? Let, let's even assume that you could get Zach Parise the next year, and they weren't a package deal. Uh, would okay. you rather have had Burns and Parise over the last <clears throat> however many years, or uh, or Parise and Suter? Well, I'm pretty sure it was Nick Schultz that was traded during. Or it was before any of that, right? He like Nick Schultz was long gone. If I remember right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he was traded. Uh, he was the Cam Barker trade. So he was already gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean. It's tough. To, like Brent Burns was certainly exciting, but I think even at that point, we still weren't sure if he was defenseman or if he was a forward. Cause remember that there was that weird experiment that, uh, that Jacques Lemaire was trying to have and whether or not he was going to play, uh, forward at times. Um, San Jose uh, did the same thing too, though. They, uh, they put him, yeah, they did. Uh, they put him at forward for, I think a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know. Like, d- does the wild have that defensive rock? Because if you go back, like Nick Schultz would always talk about kind of what a wild card it was playing with him, uh, defensively. And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, you still get, you still have a player like Matt Dumba that can be kind of a wild card defensively. Uh, like when he's going to step up and pinch in and being able to play off of that as, as the more defensive part of that pairing. Um, so they, they really need to have a, a player that they, that he'd have really good um, 
communication with or somebody that could really read his what he's gonna do. Well, that could have been um, Jonas Brodeen. It could have been. I I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, I would say, like Burns certainly could have been exciting, but I think he'd have been like the only thing exciting on this team. Uh, even if they went out and got Parise anyway, huh? Yeah, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're still not making a choice. No, do you, I do think. Do you take Burns or do you take Suter? I think is as boring of a pick it is. I think I almost go Suter on that just because you absolutely know what you're getting. That's what the numbers say. If uh, if that helps, his time in San Jose, uh, Brent Burns has been worth uh, thirteen wins above replacement in all that time, and mm-hmm. uh, and Suter has been worth fourteen point five. Ooh, so, so it, just a hair above. It wasn't the wrong pick then. It's fairly close, um, but uh, uh, though though you got to account for the fact that uh, that Burns has had a, another. Uh, season with San Jose, so he's had an, an extra year. Uh, so maybe it's not even yeah. that close, um, but still, like I think you can make that argument, and, and certainly uh, with um, with how it turned out with uh, with Suter, I think that you can be pretty comfortable in saying that you know how things went went pretty okay, especially when you consider like the right def- shot defenseman that came up behind. Uh, behind burnt or i guess mm-hmm. the the wake of burns's departure jared sure. spurgeon um does he become you know the player he is if he isn't able to uh, work his way up to the first pairing with uh with brent burns being parked there probably right. but you don't know and then uh and then do they pick matt dumba almost certainly not and i, I think that uh that dumba has been very good in his own right um mm-hmm. So I, I think that uh, I think that things kind of worked out okay on there. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like I said, I I still think like trading him was not the worst move that they could have ever done. Like no. I still th- I still feel like the move to trade him was in the right mind. Much like we're thinking nowadays when it's like we've got players that need to get moved and people seem to be fine with, with moving a Jason Zucker or moving a, a, uh, you know, a Charlie Coyle or Nino Nina Ryder. Now um, certainly the execution on a couple of those could have been better. And maybe the execution overall uh, in the Brent Burns trade could have maybe been a tad bit better, but I think the thinking on it, on making that move, depending, despite like, you know, the contract that he could potentially have signed and that kind of thing. Uh, I still think that maybe that was probably the right thing to do for the, the wild at that time. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we got uh, more to talk about this in the next segment, but first I want to welcome our newest sponsor, RockAuto.com. They've been a family business serving auto parts to customers online for the last 20 years. Check that out for uh, for longevity in this dot com age. Uh, also, they have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, uh, motor oil, and even new carpet. They've got a gigantic catalog that's super easy to, to navigate, and and you can find just about everything that you're looking for. Uh, and they also the great thing about uh, RockAuto.com is that um, you know most of your chain auto stores will have separate pricing for the local mechanics, which 
is fair, but they're also passing that markup up to you. RockAuto.com keeps it low cost for everybody, which makes it easy for the uh, the do-it-yourselfer or the professional to uh, to get their auto parts that they need for your vehicles. And go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their "How did you hear about us?" box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts for your car you will ever need. RockAuto.com. And we're back here on Lockdown Wild. It's Joe and Tony. We're talking Brent Burns trade and what if. Last segment, we uh, we talked about kind of what happens if the Wild didn't trade him. Uh, but I think in this one, we're going to talk about kind of the return that we know of what it was. It was Devin Setaguchi, Charlie Coyle, who was uh, San Jose's top, one of their top prospects. And then also um, a first-round pick, which ended up being a late first-round pick, where the Wild took Zach Phillips. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's start off. Um, we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of go out of order here because uh, because we kind of know what Charlie Coyle had become, and I think that going after a team's top prospect um, or one of their top prospects is not a bad idea, and certainly we saw some glimpses of of great uh, of real talent and some real um kind of what he could potentially become it was unfortunate that he just never really showed that that sheer consistency to play at that high level uh game in and game out but i think the return of charlie coyle was not a bad return at all no i think charlie coyle you know he he was definitely the best part of this trade and i think that uh maybe he doesn't equal brent burns right in uh in terms of value but he was still a, a very good middle six forward for the while. And he still is to this day too. Like he had a, he had a yeah. really good season in Boston, just being there locked down third line center, which, you know, maybe Minnesota didn't need here, but, uh, but Boston sure enjoyed having him in that, uh, <laughs> in that position. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, Coyle is a, is a very good uh, player who will, probably uh be a good player for another five years or so like i i don't have any qualms with uh with them getting charlie Coyle, especially like i don't think san jose's farm system was particularly good at the time either i'm trying to look for other guys no well well they made the uh the postseason pretty much in a decade straight you know so i can't imagine that they had real upper echelon forwards developing um during that time i'm sure they had like logan couture and they had a couple other players that came along that were were damn good and, and are still damn good but jason demers um, was coming up mm-hmm. he might have been so, someone yeah it's i i like the overall so the, the targeting of charlie Coyle in this trade yeah so uh no complaints there let's uh let's go to the yeah. stuff that we might have some complaints about Let's move on to Devin Setaguchi. Now, Devin Setaguchi at the time of the trade was uh, going to be 25 years old. Uh, he had come off of um, a couple of seasons where he hit, uh, you know, tw- uh, two straight seasons where he hit uh, 20 goals or more. And uh, the season way back in his 20, age 22 year season had 30 goals in an 81 game season. Um, what's your thoughts on Devin Setaguchi? On Devin Setaguchi, I can understand why 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 Minnesota thought that they had something with Setaguchi. 
Uh, he was a player who was, you know, pretty fast. He, uh, he did shoot the puck, um, probably more than, uh, in his last season in San Jose, he shot the puck almost three times a game. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I can see why Minnesota was like, okay, this guy's 24. Uh, that's interesting. And then like, I I think the thing that I come back to with Setaguchi is that, you know, his best season was his age 22 season in, uh, and what happened that year? Oh, that was the year where he was uh, parked with Joe Thornton, who uh, right. did the did the same thing uh, with uh, Jonathan Chichu uh, over the <laughs> the couple years prior to uh, to Setaguchi breaking out. So, like, I I right. think that there was, um, you know, there was there was a reason to believe that uh, that Setaguchi wasn't going to be that thirty goal player again. Um, and, and this is before his, uh, his off ice, uh, problems where, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, you can, you can, you can find those if, if you, if you, uh, look, um, his right. struggles with alcohol. Um, but, um, I, I, I think without even getting into that, I, I think you could say uh, that, uh, Setaguchi was, you know, a guy who was probably going to get you some shots and get you some goals. But uh, needed uh, needed to have Joe Thornton to uh, to be as good as he was in his age twenty two year. And I think the the thinking behind that maybe was like, okay, maybe you can bring in, put him next to like a Miko Koivu or something, and and maybe they can play a little more uh, offensively. Um, it never really did happen. Never really came to fruition. I mean, he he didn't reach twenty goals this first season. Um, with the Minnesota Wild, and then he just it really fell off from there. And so, uh, I still think like the overall that bad though. Uh, twenty seven points in in forty eight games, and he wasn't even playing fifteen minutes a night. I think that uh, for whatever reason, uh, they were just kind of done with him after two years. But he tripped during a shootout. He did do that. That that was a <laughs> that was a moment. That's probably the the moment people remembered Setaguchi yeah. for the most. Probably. Um, I I keep looking at it going like I could see it being justified. Um, Now knowing what we know, maybe not uh, the best, but if you're looking on the outside, uh, Setaguchi might not have been an absolute terrible target, but um, I think that they could have uh, maybe done a little bit better on that part. Uh, Maybe, but like, like we said, uh, San Jose didn't exactly have a, have a super deep uh, collection of young talent coming up. And if you were looking right. for forwards, uh, it was uh, it was pretty sparse. But uh, we'll we'll come back to that in a in a little bit. Mm-hmm. The next one is the first round pick. Now, much like the Wild got uh, in the Jason Zucker trade, they got they got an NHL forward uh, who's you know fairly young, 24, 25 years old. Um, Gal Chenyuk has just turned 26. Uh, they got a top prospect. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, has the gave us uh, Callan Addison, and um, San Jose at that time uh, gave up Charlie Coyle, and then also the late first round pick. And uh, this to me is what's going to separate the Brent Burn the Brent Burns trade from the Jason Zucker trade. Is if the Wild can really execute this this draft pick in the in the end of the round spoiler they did not well yeah not in uh not in the san jose trade with brent burns for sure mm-hmm. so 
Uh, I, I think that there are names that we could throw out that uh, that would have been um, a much better pick than uh, than Zach Phillips, who uh, he was just one of two players in that first round to never play in an NHL game. It's brutal. So they they didn't just miss; they missed pretty hard on uh, on Zach Phillips. But yeah, like this is where uh, this is where things like really went off the rails for Minnesota mm-hmm. and the Brent Burns trade. I don't think that it would have been very difficult for them to get you know a player in this uh, this draft uh, with uh, with that twenty eighth pick that would have swung that trade into Minnesota's favor. Um, right. You know, uh, the part of the reason, like Charlie Coyle was a good addition. Um, Setaguchi, you know, flamed out within two years, but they still got a second round pick for him. You can't, right. uh, you can kind of get mad about that. Um, but, uh, Zach Phillips was just one of two players in that first round who did not play one single NHL game. So they didn't Ooh, just yeah. miss on him. They missed real hard. Um, yeah, it's equivalent of swinging a miss or in wiffle ball. But if uh, if say they picked uh, Ricard Raquel, who went thirty uh, yeah. uh, to the Anaheim Ducks, so just two picks after that, uh, and uh, Raquel had uh, twenty goals at age twenty two. That would have been twenty fifteen sixteen. So that's the that's the mm-hmm. year that uh, that John uh, Torchetti kind of stepped in. Uh, after Mike Yo got fired and, and they kind of made the playoffs uh, last minute. Um, and then uh, Raquel follows that up with uh, two consecutive 30 goal seasons. That trade looks a lot better, doesn't it? It looks a lot better. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those that, uh, you know, with what they had going there, it, you feel like there's, there was certainly a player that, uh, you know, could skate better, could shoot better. And um, I, don't, I, it, it, I, would, I would like to hear the, the reasoning behind the picking of Zach Phillips, because I, I think like he re- had a, he was like the second or third best player on that, uh, that Seawolves team or is it, uh, is it Sea Dogs? It might be Sea Dogs. Yeah, St. John Sea Dogs. Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, but, it, you know, it was, like the second or third best player on that line um, that, that went off during that year for, uh, for St. John's and. Um, he had like 95 look points at in draft now. year. Like he had a lot of skill. I, I think that that kind of gets overlooked by the fact that he, he couldn't skate, but you know, uh, there are a lot of guys that you take who have skills and just need to uh, just need to get like a little bit faster. And once they do that, or if they can ever do that, then, then they'll be real good. Like, uh, uh, skating, you know, that, that can, that can be improved by your conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. Your leg strength. Um, there, yeah. there are, there are things you can do to improve your skating. If you're not the greatest skater, uh, in your draft year, that's not necessarily a death sentence. Right. Um, one of the big names I think in the little bit later that goes at 39 is, uh, goaltender Jaden Gibson, who, I mean, could have solved goaltending issues for a long time for this Minnesota Wild team. Gibson is a real interesting one. I would have a hard time choosing, I think, uh, who I would pick, you know, even with the benefit of hindsight. But uh, Gibson would be a real interesting pick. Is like, 
right about when you had that nightmare scenario with your goaltending, when, <laughs> uh, when Backstrom was breaking down and, and Harding um, was uh, was uh, yep. suffering from MS symptoms that uh, that rendered him incapable of playing. That would have been about the time that uh, that Gibson could step into the into the NHL, and he uh, he was like pretty much a, a nine twenty goalie right off the bat. All right, and then uh, I think there's a couple other names that came in the second round that certainly could have been picked. Brandon Sod's interesting. Just uh, I I don't think that Brandon Sod is he he's kind of like a Charlie Coyle really in mm-hmm. terms of you know like. He doesn't really get like a lot of point totals, though. Uh, though Saad did have a thirty goal season once he was traded to Columbus in 2015-2016. Uh, but he was pretty good right away, and he had an all around game that I think would have fit the Wild pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's other names. We it's certainly the Wild had their second round pick. They they drafted uh, Mario Lucia in uh, the second round pick that year. Um. And that pick, by the way, came uh, two picks after uh, the guy that I would probably uh, put right up there yeah. with Gibson in uh, Nikita Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing yeah, for Cheska's junior team that year. That would have been fun. Yeah, the Wild were scared of uh, Russians then, though. They're lost then because, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Kucherov's pretty good he was a guy who was good just pretty much right away as well he uh he mm-hmm. got into the league uh full-time at uh at age 21 and scored 29 season uh 29 goals right off the bat and uh you know part of that is is how loaded that tampa team is but mm-hmm. i i also think that you know even when you account for the fact that uh that tampa's absolutely loaded with offensive players that uh Kucherov is, you know, uh, I don't know. What would you, what would you say Kucherov is? Do you think he's a, a top 10 offensive player? Absolutely. Uh, top 10. Yeah. I, I, if you're looking at, I mean, he's, he's damn good. Yeah. Um, like I, I think that there are guys that, uh, that you can, uh, that you can point to, uh, to be in that conversation, like as right around Kucherov, but, uh, you know, certainly, uh, certainly better than, I mean, like we're, we're, we're talking about Gabrick territory, if we're being honest, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Two forty certainly better than Tampa. It's certainly better than Mario Lucia, who I feel like the Wild, like Lucia, was a, a, a decent college player. But I don't you feel like that pick in general in the second round was was a um, like a token Minnesota player. No, I I think that uh, you know you saw in Lucia. Um, uh, I I think a, I think a problem is he was out of high school then, right? Like he wasn't even mm-hmm. in. Uh, he wasn't even in like the USHL or or whatever. Um, right. I, I think they saw a, a big guy who was dominating their competition, and you know, like that. That's the thing, right? You know. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, around that time were were upset because in in the previous uh, Doug Riseborough era, you know they weren't taking guys out of uh, out of the local scene at all, despite having right. all that talent in their backyard. And mm-hmm. you know, Fletcher was more willing to uh, to do that, and 
sometimes you hit on that and sometimes you miss. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, quick, uh, quick note. Uh, I noticed that Victor Rask was drafted uh, not only higher than Brandon Saab, but also Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, they could have traded for Nino Niederreiter a few years later. <laughs> uh, also William Bill uh Wild Bill Carlson who's uh who rose to fame with the uh the Las Vegas Golden Knights um and uh he was drafted was it 2 3 4 spots uh no 5 spots ahead of Kucherov which is crazy it would have been a long long play yeah. who would have known maybe the Wild could have given him up rather than uh Alex Tuck mm mm-hmm. Um, so so here's 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 the last thing that i want to throw at you and mm-hmm. they probably were like uh this guy's completely untouchable because uh at the time of that trade he was uh he was coming off of his uh his second season in the nhl where he scored 32 goals and 56 points pretty great but uh what if they were just like you know what we'll give you brent burns we won't uh we'll even like throw in like i think they threw in like a high second round pick to to come back there uh, or to come back to San Jose in this trade. So what if we just give you Burns, we give you that pick, but uh, we take Logan Couture and, and no one else. Like, I'm sure that wasn't a possibility, but uh, like, what if uh, what if Fletcher was able to uh, sweet talk his way into that? That, see, I'm a big fan of Logan Couture, and I, I appreciate what he does on the ice. So with hindsight, I say maybe you, maybe you could swing that, but I think... At the time, that would have been a tough pill to swallow. I mean, you'd like to see where it would have played out for for him on the wild, but I'd like Couture on this team. Mm-hmm. I just I think that'd be a tough one to try to sell to your fans, you know, because the draft it was held at uh, at the Excel Energy Center that year, and you know the home team made a splash with the Brent Burns trade, and uh, it would have been a tough. Tough pill to swallow if that was the only move uh, in, in what they gave away in order to get uh, Logan Couture. Yeah, but at the same time, like, uh, you know, people did say the exact same thing when uh, when the Wild, you know, years later got uh, got Kevin Fiala straight up from Mikhail Granlin. And look how that's turning out. Right. Well, I mean, if you're going to target high-end talent, uh, then sometimes you might have to pay a little bit more for it. But uh, especially if you're looking to, you know, get that game breaker and you're you're looking to get those players um, that you really truly believe in. Now, if Couture didn't come become the player that Couture is, uh, big swing and a miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, that obviously would have hurt. And like, like we're... Yeah. We're just like absolutely spitballing right now. And yeah, you I mean that that's a moonshot really. I mean, that's that's hoping that Couture becomes kind of the player that he's become. And um, cuz he wasn't he relatively young. You said two that was his second year in the league. Yep. Yeah. Uh but like a, a consistent uh consistent 20 goal scorer for sure down the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. pretty good offensively like uh Yeah. I I wonder if there was any sort of way like anything that Minnesota could have thrown in to uh to be able to swing that but uh we'll we'll definitely swing never know right all right tony where can we find you you can find me on twitter at oh hi tony you can find my work at zonecoverage.com on tuesdays and thursdays <laughs> definitely give him a follow you can also follow me on twitter at joboo15 also all my work coming out on fridays on zonecoverage.com 
That is going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, if you're new to the show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode and you don't have to do any extra work. It's just that one button tap. You can also leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. Uh, it does help us out. It helps get us found by uh, wild fans such as yourself. Uh, and so we appreciate those reviews. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.